0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, all this month we're talking about growing in our relationship with God, this whole series. And uh, I trust that you're enjoying this series, that you're getting uh, benefit uh, from it, you're learning some things, and most important of all, you're putting those things that you're being taught, you're putting them into practice. Because it's not what we know that changes us, it's what we do with what we know. Isn't that true? That's true across the board, and it's true about spiritual things. You know, Christianity is not a religion, it's a family. Now, I know, you know, in some circles, people think, you know, it's, it's, it's a religion, but it's really not. It's about a father and his family. That's what it's about. It's about relationships. God is called our father. Jesus is a son. We're sons and daughters of God. We have brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's about a family. That's really what it's about. That's why we've been talking about growing in our relationship. That's, that's all it's about as we... As we uh, uh, grow and develop uh, in our walk with God. It's about a relationship. It was creation. God created because what He had a desire for a family. That's what His heart is all about. You know, but before we talk about building uh, and growing in our relationship with the Father uh, today, I want to deal with some potential father issues. Because uh, anybody in here, maybe you didn't have the ideal father uh just me okay well maybe this won't, you won't relate to any of this but anyway i want to put it out there because i found out through the years you know that there there are a lot of us that didn't have the ideal father and when i say ideal i don't mean perfect there is no perfect father except the heavenly father but i'm talking about didn't have an ideal father i see i grew up without a dad uh, my my earliest memories of my dad he was an alcoholic he was abusive and all that, you know, and and then by the time I was nine years old, he was out of the picture. So I'm just saying maybe, you know, and, and here's the thing: you may have had a dad that didn't leave you, but stayed there. Maybe he Maybe he was abusive. Maybe you've got hurts and wounds. I want to talk about that just for a minute. I don't want to get on the negative side, but sometimes we have to deal with this because sometimes if we've had... Uh, a dad that was, was not ideal, that uh, perhaps was even abusive or absentee or was a dad there, but didn't ever take any time, spend any time with you. When we start talking about the Father, God, you know, we look at that through the lens of our own dad and our own experience growing up. And so, you know, when we start talking about a loving father, if you didn't have a loving father, that might be a little hard for you to relate to. So I want to talk about dealing with some things, uh, first of all, real quickly here, not going to dwell on them, but just some things, you know, uh, that can build really walls of separation between us and our heavenly father because of issues that we haven't dealt with with our earthly father. The first one of those is what I call hurts. These are open wounds. These are things that come because of words that's been spoken. You know, words like, you're stupid, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. All those kind of words, they wound us. When people that we care about and that we love the most and that, you know, we, we, we think love us, when they speak words like that, they wound us much more deeply than somebody out here who says that, that we really don't know that well, or we don't know at all. We can just kind of, you know, they kind of just fall off of us. But when someone that we look up to, someone that is an authority figure, someone that we expect to hear the opposite from, when they speak those things, it can create wounds in us, can it? it? And, and when we start talking about, having a relationship with our Heavenly Father, we look through the lens of that thing. You know, and it's hard for us to really sometimes believe that, you know, that God does love us unconditionally. Because, you know what? My father didn't love me that way. If, I mean, if my earthly dad that knows me so well, if he, that's what he really thought of me, what must my Heavenly Father think of me? And so we have to get over some of the wounds, and, and sometimes those wounds, you know, until we deal with them, they're like an open wound, you know? You ever, you ever got or, uh, had a, a uh, an injury or something on one of your, your limbs or one a part of your body, and it wasn't quite well yet, and somebody bumped into it? You, you go like that, don't you pull back. And it wasn't that they did anything wrong. It was just, you know, the normal actions, interactions of relationships, but because we had that open wound there, it was like, ow, that hurt. So we want to talk about, you know, we have to be able to get rid of of those wounds and things. The other thing uh, is about betrayal. Betrayal. Now, I wrote down a definition here. I think we all in a general way know what betrayal means, but listen to this. It means to expose through disloyalty a confidence a, or a secret, it means unfaithful in, in guarding relationships or to disappoint, disappoint the hopes or expectations. To disappoint the hopes or expectations. And so in betrayal, what happens is there becomes a loss of trust. If you've ever been betrayed by somebody, it affects the trust issue, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it's hard to trust them. It's hard to trust them, and you know. And if you had a dad that somehow, uh, in some way, uh, betrayed you, or you felt betrayed, there was a loss of trust there. And so then, when we come over to the heavenly Father and we say he's trustworthy, you you can depend on him, you can count on him. You're bringing that baggage with you, and it makes you makes it difficult for you to really trust the heavenly father to really open up yourself into a, 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 a real intimate and deep relationship with him because what you got trust issues and you know, and it's not because you did anything wrong. It's because what, what was done to you. So we have to get rid of hurts and open wounds. We have to deal with sometimes with betrayals, which are loss of trust. And then sometimes there's just abuse, you know, of course that can be physically, but it can also be mentally and emotionally, can it? And, a, and abuse creates what? Loss of value, loss of self-worth. And I feel like you know, it makes me feel like I must not be worth anything. I'm 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 not worth being loved. I'm not worth you know being treated, uh, you know, as a as a, a a healthy individual, as someone who's special. And then we come over and we bring that over. And talk about a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And it's hard for us to to move into that. It's hard for us to relate to that. Heard that, didn't you? (laughs) So, you know, so letting go, we have to let go first. We have to let go of the pain that we may have picked up in our relationship with our earthly father. So with that kind of that preface in mind, turn over to Matthew 18 real quickly. Matthew 18, I'm looking at verse 21 there real quickly. We're going to deal with these open wounds, words that have been spoken to us that that wounded us, a, a, a sense of betrayal, loss of trust. Between our heaven, our earthly father and also the abuse, loss of value. And how do, we, how do we do this? We have to let go of the pain. Matthew 18, <clears throat> and verse 21. We're going to pick up there. Peter, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? <clears throat> Excuse me. Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven times, or some translation says 70 times seven times. So that's a lot of times, isn't it? And so what we have to understand is, is that, you know, in dealing with relationships with our, with our earthly father, that, you know, they're going to do some things that were wrong, that were imperfect. They said some things. They, they did some things uh, to us. Maybe, maybe even some bad things. Maybe they were small things. Maybe they were big things. But whether the, the, the hurt was little or whether it was big, we have to get rid of the pain of that. Because what? We're the one that's handicapped by it. Isn't that right? We're the ones that are, are handicapped emotionally. And then that affects us spiritually as well. And so we have to get rid of it. You say, but but they don't, I don't think they deserve to be forgiven. Well, that's a true statement. But nevertheless, unless we forgive, we keep the pain. So, you know, if you want to live with the pain, then don't forgive. You know, I know this, God forgave me a lot. I didn't deserve one thing of it. I didn't deserve one thing, but but He forgave me. He released that debt. And you know, when we forgive, the first thing it does, it releases what? Something in me. It releases something in me so that I can let go of that festering open wound and pain, and I can begin to receive healing from God by His grace and His mercy. But also, it releases the other person too, doesn't it? So that they also are now able to receive healing and help from what they did. Isn't that true? Now, I know all of you in here are wonderful people and perfect people. So I'll just use myself as an example. Have you ever done something to hurt somebody that you loved in your family? Maybe you, you said a word or an attitude came across, maybe to, to your wife or to one of your children. I'm probably the only one that's ever done that, I know. It hurts, doesn't it? It hurts you. you. You wish you could take those words back. You wish you could take those actions back. You wish you could just, you know, like, you know, one of those sci-fi movies, you know, hop in the time machine and go, on, go back into the past before it was, and undo it. But you can't, can you? But the only way, we can't undo what we've said or what we've done. No one can do that. But except by forgiveness. When we release someone of their debt and we let them go and say, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive you and I let you go. Maybe this morning, you know, you need to do that with your dad. Maybe there's something there. There's a pain. There's a hurt. There's a woundedness. uh, There's a loss of trust that, that issue there. You need to just let go of it. Just forgive him. Not because he deserves it, but because he needs it. And because you need it. You need to let go of the pain. A lot of people can't move on with their relationship with God because they're carrying that hurt and that wound. That, that mistrust that was planted there, that seed that was planted there. And we need to let it go. And the only way I know of to, to let it go is to forgive. He said to forgive. And he said, he said 70 times 7. And you know, he goes on and he gives this example. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but he talks about the servants. We know this parable. I'll give you a quick synopsis. You know, uh, the, the, the master called each one of his servants in. To give a reckoning because they had all borrowed money from him. They all owed him money. The first one owed him like 10,000 talents. Well, he would, you know, he said, be patient and I'll pay you. You know, he wasn't going to be able to pay that back. So he promptly forgave him. Well, that servant went out and found another servant that owed him, you know, maybe 10 talents. And he said, be patient with me and I will repay you. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he put him in debtors' prison. See, that's that's an example of many times of what happens to us when we will not forgive. And Jesus went on to talk about that that person who would not forgive put himself in a place of torment. There's there's emotional pain and torment that comes when we won't let go of a hurt. We won't let go of a wound. And we need to do that, whether it's a big, a big debt like the man who had 10000 or the small debt like the man who had ten, We need to just let it go. And the best way to do that, what, is to forgive. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And it's the only way we can move forward, whether it's big or little, because you've seen it and I've seen it too, people who are stuck in an emotional pain or in an emotional hurt, and they're stuck there. And they can't get past it. They can't trust people. They can't trust God. It's, it, they're wounded. They're hurt. And if you're around them long enough, they will replay their story. They'll replay their story. You can always tell if you've let go of it or not as to whether or not are you replaying the story. Are you hitting replay on that hurt that happened in some cases years ago? If that's the case you need to go back and really examine if you've forgiven them or not. Because if you've forgiven them, then you are able to release it and you move forward. But otherwise, you stay stuck. And you stay stuck in that hurt. You stay stuck in that woundedness. And that will affect your relationship with the Father God. So, okay, I'm I'm saying that first of all, so that if that's something you need to uh, deal with, deal with that before you can expect to grow in intimacy uh, with your relationship with the Father God. Now, with that said, let's talk about getting to know the Father God, your Heavenly Father. Now, put some attributes here. We're not going to take the time because I don't have time to read all these scriptures, but uh, the attributes of your Heavenly Father. We need to know what God is like. I'm so glad I don't have to guess. You know, because everybody, I say this, you know, an opinion's like a nose. Everybody's got one. And if you talk to people, well, what do you think God's like? If, you know, if we, if we had a, a microphone and a camera and we stopped, uh, you know, the, the, the man or woman in the street, well, what do you think God is like? Everybody would have an idea. Everybody would have an opinion, wouldn't they? And, but so, here's the thing. So, we look for us who are believers. Uh, our authority is what? Is the Bible, isn't it? And so we look to the Scriptures to find out and to reveal to us what the Father is like. So some of these descriptors from the Scriptures here, and, and like I said, we won't, we'll not refer to the Scripture, but we won't look them up because we, do, we just don't have that much time this morning. I don't want to keep you too long. The first one, we know this, is love. The Bible says God is love. This is the, the, the hallmark, if you will, uh, characteristic or descriptor of love. Our Father God, He is love. And that, that love there is the word agape, and it means unconditional love. Man, I'm glad that God loves that way, aren't you? I'm glad I don't have to get it all together before God loves me. The Bible says, even when we were dead in sins, even when we weren't even thinking about God, even when we didn't care about God, even when we weren't, had, didn't want to have anything to do with God, it says He still loved us. Wow. And you know, when you mess up, God doesn't stop loving you. You do not determine how God loves, He determines how He loves. <laughs> so I'm just going to let you be free from that. <laughs> Because, see, we can go back again. We think, boy, if I do everything just right, then God will really love me. But if I don't do everything, you know, just right like this person does or we think that person does, then God, you know, God won't love me. See, that's conditional love, isn't it? Unconditional love. And we can see that in 1 John 4, 16. You can read that. God is love. Get that settled. What is your father like? He's love. He loves you unconditionally. He's a God of mercy. 2 Corinthians one thir- three calls him the father of mercies. He's a God of mercy. Sometimes I need mercy. You ever need mercy? Boy, when it comes down to mercy and judgment, which one would you rather have? He's a father of mercy. When you, maybe when, when you haven't done something, when you just done something, I know none of y'all know what I'm talking about. But when you just really blew it, you know, when you've done something, you know, it just, that, that wasn't Christ-like at all. Maybe it was an attitude, maybe it was a word, maybe it was something, whatever it is. You know, I'm so glad we can go to our Father and receive mercy. The Bible says we come to the throne of mercy, not to the throne of judgment. A lot of people think God's up there, you know, with His big heavenly baseball bat. And He's just waiting to whack you. No, it's the throne of mercy. He's the Father of mercies. If you need mercy today, you're in the right place. He will show you mercy. Amen. He's not out to condemn you. He's out to help you. He's out to lift you. He's a God of mercy. And then we know that He's a God of grace. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that all that we receive from God comes because what? Of His grace. By grace you're saved through faith. We're saved by that grace, the grace of God. The Bible says, where sin did abound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> grace. I, I ordered that just on, you know, yeah, I'm just kidding. We're send it about grace does much more bound, doesn't it? So no matter how bad you may have blown it, God's grace is bigger. God's forgiveness is greater. God's mercy is greater. He's a God of grace. I'm, I'm, I want to paint your picture. This is the father we're God, we're talking about that we want to fellowship with and grow in relationship with. Man, this is somebody I, I want to hang around with. This is somebody I want to get to know better. Uh, uh, someone of love, of mercy, of grace. Now, here's the thing. Sam is right in here. He's also the God of discipline. Now, w- we don't have time to get in it, but if you read the word here, where it talks about in Hebrews, the word discipline, it means to instruct or correct, it doesn't mean to break your leg. <laughs> you know. I mean, of course John, John, all our kids are grown now, but you know when they were little, that we would there were times when we would discipline them, but we didn't discipline them by putting cancer on them, or breaking one of their limbs, or giving them a concussion. I don't see that we we come up with some of the strangest ideas sometimes about how God wants to discipline and correct us. First of all, he disciplines us what? Through through the scriptures, doesn't he? He lets us know, hey, you know, that's not good for you. That's not good for you. That's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your relationships. It's going to hurt your family or it's going to hurt you physically or it'll hurt you emotionally. That's not good for you. That's the, that's the way he wants to discipline and instruct us. He's, you know, that's not good for you. I, I appreciate it, you know, when people will tell me, you know, my son, he's grown now. Sometimes, you know, he, he helps me out. He's Dad, that's not good. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, and he's right. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> but he, he disciplines us. Why? Because the Bible says if we love God. If we if we love somebody and if we're loved by somebody, part of that love is what is discipline, instruction. I want my kids to do it better than I did it. Amen. Amen. And man, they're light years ahead of where I was at their age. I mean, you know, a lot a lot wiser and smarter than I was. But he's a father that disciplines us what for our good. Not just because you know, uh, you know he's capricious and has a whim and decides, you know, uh, you know I'm just I got a mad on today. No, he does it always for our good, for our benefit. He's a he's a disciplinarian, but he's one that does it out of love. He's a rewarder. I'm talking about the Father God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He rewards us. Man, I'm, I'm glad for that. I like rewards, don't you? Don't, do you like it when somebody maybe remembers you or, or you know, and will, we'll, you know, maybe will send you a, a card in the mail or, you know, or like we did today, send you a gift card or something like that. Or just It can be some little thing, but doesn't, it, makes, it makes you feel loved, doesn't it? It makes you feel special. Well, the Bible says He's a rewarder. That's what He does. He says this in the scripture says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. The Father above the heavenly Father. Good things come from Him. He's got good things for you. Not bad things. Amen. I don't know what your experience has been, but I've only received good things from Father God. Good things. I mean, if He never did anything else. I, I, I could not stop giving thanks for the good things he's done. He's a rewarder. He's a provider. Isn't he? He's a provider. Look over in Luke 12 real quickly. We will look at this scripture. Luke 12. They're all good, but this one's really good. Let's read over here. Luke 12. We're talking about some descriptors for our heavenly father. <clears throat> Luke 12 in verse 31 it says but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well verse 32 do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom he's been pleased to give you the kingdom in other words It makes God happy to bless you. Parents, we got parents in here? I mean, parents that love their kids. We got any of those in here? Yes, we do. Doesn't, don't you like to do good things for your children? Oh, man, yeah. Oh, listen, it makes me, I'd, I'd rather do something good for my kids than something good for myself any day. I love it. It's wonderful. It's great. Well, Jesus said, if you being natural and human, if you're that way, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things, good things to those who ask you? I don't know about you, but I know a good thing when I get it, and I know a bad thing. And He's got good things. He said, It's your Father, it pleases Him. See, God's not somebody that you got to pry his hand open to get him to give you a nickel. Come on. But somehow religion has warped our way of looking at God or maybe even you know again it can go back to the way you know you grew up in your family. Maybe 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 your dad for whatever reason he wasn't generous. And he, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't like giving you good things. And also, you got that idea. That's the way a father is and the way a father is supposed to be. And so, when you read over here that, that your heavenly father wants to give you good things, you have a hard time believing that. We have to get our thinking changed. He's not only a provider. He's a protector. He's a protector. The Bible says he is our shield. He says over there in Romans, he said, if God's for us, who can be against us? And he goes on and lists all these different things. He said, none of these things will prevail against us. Not life, not death, not men, not, not evil, not any of those things. Nothing will prevail against us. Why? Because we have a Father God who is our protector. He is the God, our Father, our very own Father. Look in John 14 real quickly. We'll talk, where is the dwelling place of God? The scriptures tell us where the dwelling place of God is, and we need to get this settled. This is one of the things that distinguishes Christianity from all other, even though I don't like to relate it that way, but it's the best way I know how to relate it, other religions in the world. Most of the other religions in the world, if they have a, they have a concept of a supreme, supreme being or a God or a spirit of some kind, is he's living somewhere else, somewhere other. But the scriptures teach us that God is, we who are believers, he's making his home in us. And here in John 14, in verse 21... He says, Jesus is speaking, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And he goes on to say that the Father and I will come and will make our home in them. 1 Corinthians tells us in verse 6, our chapter 6 tells us that we are The temple, the dwelling place of God. That word dwelling means home. It means residence. And it also means what? To be present. It's a home. It's a residence. And it means to be present. That is who we are. God has uh, has come to dwell in us, come to live in us. And we have fellowship with him, not way off in heaven somewhere, but he's living inside us. We are the temple of God. We're the dwelling place of God. We are His house. Wow. Wow. Boy, I'm telling you, when you're going through a difficulty, when you're going through a test or a trial, when you're going through things in life, isn't it great to know that God's not way off somewhere? See, the deists say, you know, that, that there is a God and he created everything, but then he's kind of left things to run, you know, kind of like you wind up a clock and you let it run until it finally runs down. But he's not personally interested in anything that's going on in his creation, and especially not in your little old tiny life. <laughs> but Jesus came to show us a different view of God, he's a father that's intimately interested in each one of us unaware aware of each one of us to the extent that he says that he's now living in us. Wow. That takes a while to wrap your your mind around, doesn't it? Absolutely it does. Notice in verse uh, 23, he says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make... Our home with them. Wow. You're the address of God. That's an amazing thing to think about, isn't it? You should contemplate on that. Real quickly, the fruit of fellowship with our Father. We talked, you know, last week we talked about the fruit of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Some of the fruit of fellowshipping and, and growing in our relationship with the Father God. The first one is security. You know, earthly fathers or to create in their children a feeling and a sense of security. That when they're home, when they're there with dad, they feel secure. They're loved, they're special, they're valued, they're protected. You feel secure, don't you? And I'm telling you, we live in a very insecure world, do we not? I mean, you know. What's up is down, what's down is up. I mean, so much stuff happening. And, we're, of course, we're aware of so much more than we ever were before when it happens. So the world's a very insecure place. What more important than to have the security of that, that relationship and that fellowship with the Father? Security. The second one is Confidence. When we're loved and know we're loved by the Father and we're growing in that relationship, there's a confidence. I noticed this, that, that children that come out of homes uh, that where there was love, where there was value given to them through that love, where they were nurtured. When they, they go out into the world, there's a there's a confidence in them. You look at them and you think, they're confident in taking on the world. They realize that they're not you know, in the world by themselves. They, 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 they realize that, that they have a ability, they have worth, they have value. And it gives them a confidence as you go through life. And knowing that the Father God loves you, that he's, he's at home in you, He's living with you, what confidence should we have? Isn't that right? As we face the challenges of life, we should have confidence as well as security. And then peace and comfort. Peace and comfort. He's, he's the God of peace. He's the God of peace and comfort. He comforts us in our troubles. And hey, sometimes we do face trouble, don't we? Absolutely. You're in, if you live in this life, you're going to face trouble. But He's the God that can give us peace and He can give us comfort. He's living in us. This is the fellowship and the fruit of that fellowship with the Father. It is peace and comfort. Look in uh, Hebrews 13. Let's look over there at that scripture real quickly. Hebrews thirteen twenty it said, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The God of peace. You know what God wants you? He wants you to have peace. Not anxiety, not fear, not turmoil, but peace. Peace in your mind. Peace in your emotions. Even though you're facing difficulties, you're facing challenges, you can have peace because He's the God of peace. He's the Father of peace. Finally, there's healing and instruction. The fruit of our fellowship is healing. You know, Jesus said this, When he launched his earthly ministry, he said, the Father has anointed me to heal. The Father has anointed, Jesus said, has anointed me to heal. Jesus went about doing good and healing, didn't he? He said, if you've seen me in action, you've seen the Father. The Father wants you well. He wants you healed in your spirit. He wants you healed in your mind and in your emotions. He wants you healed in your relationships and in your body. I know that is not always the ideal condition that we have in life, but that's God's intent and that's God's desire for us. And I believe if we cultivate that relationship and our fellowship with God, we can grow in those areas and we can come to greater healing and wholeness that God has for us. Amen. That's the fruit of the fellowship with the father and growing in that relationship. Now, let me give you some action points here real quickly. First of all, do you have the pain of wounds or the betrayal of abuse present in your life today? Is there still some, th- some leftover hurts and wounds from uh, a past relationship with your father? He may be, already have died and left this earth, but you know what? You still carry the wounds, don't you? You know, we know this uh, about uh, soldiers in battle in the natural that those soldiers that have gone to, to, to the different wars, World War I, uh, II, and Vietnam, and so forth, and, and lately in the wars in the Middle East, they get wounded, they come back, they're still dealing with their wounds, even though it happened over there. It happened thousands of miles away, but they're still dealing with the pain of that, aren't they? The trauma of that. And see, even though that, that your father may have gone on, you may be dealing with the trauma of that Today, We want to pray and and release forgiveness. To let go of your pain today. One of your action points is, which we're going to pray in just a moment, as an act of faith, to let go of your pain by forgiving. Releasing your Father from whatever He may have done. And then, I want to encourage you today to embrace your Heavenly Father. Because He loves you. He cares about you. He really, truly does. And not just... It's not just some feelings that he has way off in heaven. He proved it by sending his Son. He gave his Son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen? He's the God of love. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you're here this morning and you need to let go of some pain and forgiveness, as I pray in just a moment, take that opportunity. You may not feel like it. You probably don't. You may feel like I'm the victim. I'm the one that was hurt. All that's true. But you know what? It's time to just let go of it. It's it's time to let go of the pain, let go of the hurt. Just let it go. Just say, Father, I I give that to you. I don't feel like forgiving. uh, You know. But I'm I'm going to as an act of faith. I'm just going to forgive my dad. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let the hurt go. And I'm going to move forward. Father right now. I pray. Especially for those father who have had. uh, The hurts and wounds. Of betrayal. That feel like. They were not loved. And were not valued by their earthly father. I pray right now Lord that. They find the way to release them and, and to, to release forgiveness, to just release their dads, forgive them, and to give that into your hand. Father, you're able to heal. You are the healer. You've come to, you said, you said that you sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the wounds. Father, I thank you right now that as they forgive, that the, the wounds of mistrust, the Moons the, the wounds of shame and, and and low self-esteem, Lord, those wounds will be bound up and healed. And there will be wholeness and there will be a new beginning today in their life as they move forward in their relationship with you. Thank you, Father. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for any here today, Lord, that they, they have not made a decision to come. Into relationship with you by faith in Jesus the Bible says whoever will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that they will be forgiven and that they will be brought back into a right relationship in the family of God today if you've you've never done that or maybe you you you, you've gone away from God you're like the prodigal who've gone your own way but today you want to come back all you have to do is call out to God so father I believe in you. I believe on Jesus. Forgive me. Receive me back into fellowship with you. And you know what? He'll do it. I said he'll do it. Amen and amen. Well, just... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word.